When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino, alongside the second best baby blues in all of San Francisco, Mr. Tim Geddes. What's up, most? How you doing, Nick? I am doing very, very well. Very excited Fantastic. about this one. Saw it on the calendar on Monday. Was like, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, we're also joined by the Hispanic heartthrob, Texas Street, Latino Heat, clicking heads and ripping them to shreds, the Globetrot headshot nitro rifle from twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. Andy, how are you? A little bit of a salad, Nick. A little bit of some flaming Hot Baconettes. Perfect meal. All the, all the food groups. I'm worried about us. I want to say that. I'm worried about our both of our nutrition. I'm not just going to point it at you because beforehand we were talking about how I ate six eggs yesterday. <clears throat> yeah. And I want to get in and, and our and our guest today had a special uh, uh, opinion on that. So uh, without further ado, making his triumphant return to kind of funny content. You know him from Achievement Hunter. You know him from Rooster Teeth. You know him from that one episode of the kind of funny morning show he was on. Please welcome back <laughs> Jeff Ramsey. One of the better episodes. Yeah. Uh, it was a great episode. It, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, first off, thanks for having me back. Eventually, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why mm-hmm. we had to have the like three year hiatus where you guys forgot my phone number. Did but this happen cool. because I tweeted at you? Is, that, is this? Yeah, no. you tweeted at me. You tweeted at me, and then I said, "I said waiting for the invite," and now here we are. That's so funny. I didn't even see that. I just was like, "Oh man, I." I, we should, we haven't had Jeff on in a while. I just texted him out of the blue a couple nights ago, and here he is. Jeff had Jeff said, "Hey, I'm on Cameo now. Uh, if you would like to purchase a Cameo from me, this is what I'm doing. You can go to this link. You can find me on Cameo." And I said, "Can you do? Can we do a customized Cameo where it's about 90 minutes long, maybe less, and and it's five dudes just talking about stuff about life or whatever?" And he said, "I could be convinced." So, and here you are. It's about eight thousand dollars right now. Wow! Wow! wow. Okay. Now, who's yeah. am I paying that, or are we taking that out of yeah, Kevin, straight out of you. Kevin's tech budget? Straight, okay. straight from Kev, for sure. It's mm-hmm. me. Now, Jeff, before we started, you were talking about coffee making, and and uh, Kevin was on going on and on about this French press that you guys were doing, and then you said something that really resonated with me, as you often do. By the way, welcome back to the content. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. You said French press. You were doing that for a while. It just got to be too much. It's it's a lot. Yeah. So you've turned back to the old school pot of coffee. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Now I want you to know that one Greg Miller and one Nick Scarpino have also done that. And I don't know if it's because Greg's approaching 40. I have, I have turned the corner on 40 or not, but I just get to the point where I'm like these pods, these French presses, these espressos, this is for the birds. Give me a good old fashioned pot of coffee. Maybe it's a little cold, maybe a cigarette on the side. You know what I mean, Andy? Let's go after this thing. What is that? What, what, what's for the birds? Where does that come from? It's for the birds. It's, a, it's all a bunch Flighty. of, it's all a bunch it's... of new, newfangled nonsense. Exactly. Just plain coffee's good. Just simple, honest to God, honest to God, as God made it, coffee. As exactly. it was intended to be drank. Yeah. Exactly. I'm looking up the origins of for the birds. I'll for get the back birds, to in my opinion, it means like it's flighty. It's a thing that comes and goes. You know, you can't nail it down. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, not, it's not consistent. 
the phrase the is of American origin while still in use there has never been commonly used elsewhere. It's a U.S. Hmm. Army slang and originated towards the end of World War II. An early example of its use is from See, the when he starts saying this, I'm like, stun. oh, man, is this going to be bad? Is this going to no, be a, thing, a term I've been so. using for a while that's going to be terrible? <laughs> it doesn't seem the like it. It's canceled. Yeah. Don't take, like, shit. Don't take too seriously this belief that we have football at Camp Ellis solely for the entertainment of the personnel. That's strictly for the birds. The Army is a oh. winner. The Army likes to win. That's the most fortunate thing in the world for America. That's Got cool. It. I like that. I don't there know that I understand what you just said, but it, it really resonated. Like, oh, like the only the birds can see that. <laughs> only the birds are getting entertained it by that felt thing. Like propaganda, though, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean for sure. But Kevin, what are you eating? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> propaganda. You, you got, ha- you got <laughs> halfway through the propaganda, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, the board yeah, started yeah. sticking I to got, your uh... Uh, garlic rice with pork chops and eggs. It's lovely. Fucking really good. Garlic it's rice, good. pork chops, eggs. Sounds lovely. Sometimes we Why just did like a seven fifty. Seven fifty. My God, it was amazing. Best bang for your buck. <laughs> what's the origin? Uh, we're getting into etymology. What's sure. the etymology of best bang for your buck? Oh, that's a good question. I'm on Anybody it. Know? I have to imagine. Prostitution. It's prostitution. Yeah. yeah. I would assume. Guess. One would assume. Right. But it's probably there. far more mundane. Oh, no. You guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. Oh, Andy's our, entomolo- <laughs> our, our resident entomologist. You guys are wrong, everybody. The phrase originated from the uh, slang usage of the words bang, which means excitement, and buck, which means money. Variations of the term include bang for your buck or bang for one's buck, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the phrase bigger bang for the buck was notably used by U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower's Secretary of Defense Charles Irwin, or Charles Irwin Wilson, who uh, used it to describe the new look policy of depending on nuclear weapons. Rather than a large, yeah, it's fucking boring. Yeah, who cares? You know, and you know. can do that again. That sounds like a cover story. Yeah. About Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah, that'd be more fun. Oh, actually, uh, it says criticism. You know, like when you look at Wikipedia and you never want to have a section on you that says like controversy. controversy. Yeah. Yeah. So here it says criticism for this phrase, bang for the buck. And it says the word bang is slang for sexual intercourse. Hence, the phrase bang for the buck has the slang, also has the slang meaning of sexual intercourse for money. So you guys were right, kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what it's been probably, you know. Changed to. Right? Changed to over the years of the interpretation of it. Obviously, we all thought that. But I've always used that term as far as, like, getting the most out of your dollar. I never really thought about it as far as sex is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Tim. Down there, look at him. Wet yeah. his chops. <laughs> Thinking about <laughs> Wikipedia controversies. You guys talk about all this coffee stuff. I, I only had the Keurig pod thing, and I'm actually out of pods right now. It's been so hot in San Francisco recently that I haven't had any needs for it. I'm just pure iced coffee, man. Today is freezing cold. It it's rained cold. yesterday for the first time it's in a while, cold. which is great for the drought and all that stuff. Uh, but I made myself a little tea. And I got to let you all know, I don't know why I haven't been drinking tea forever. Maybe just because it's always hot here. But yeah. this shit's good. It's, it's also just good. very, it's this just shit's very good. American yeah. tea. Yeah. I feel like every time I've ever had hot tea in my life, I thought, I wish this was a little better. Me too. You know it's what I mean? It's very Ted Lasso. Okay. It's okay. It's, yeah, it's okay. But it's not, it's okay. it's not coffee. I think about it's tea okay. in the context of two different situations for me. One is that I'm not feeling well and somebody offers to make mm. me a cup of tea and I'm like, you know what? That does sound nice. So it's kind of in my brain. It makes me think of being on the couch with a bunch of blankets and then I get to watch whatever my comfort food movie is. Spoilers, it's usually Big Trouble in Little China. Um, or I'm abroad 
I'm jet lagged. And some, and I go, can I get a cup of coffee? And they go, do you mean espresso? And I go, no, I mean coffee. And they go, oh, sir, we don't have that here. All we have is tea, governor. And I'm like, oh, mother fuck. Right. So that's why I don't drink a lot of tea, because Tim, uh, we haven't exported dip coffee to the rest of the world. Tim, you weren't here for the legendary one of the kind of funny podcasts that will go down as history is one of the most entertaining podcasts. You weren't here for that one. Mm. Uh, it's the episode where we I talked. Like, was I here for that one? <laughs> it's the episode where we uh, talked about and ranked berries uh, because uh. Uh, I told the story how I was at the supermarket and I reached for the blueberries and an old lady next to me said, it's the best berry. And I kind of looked at her. I was like, I don't disagree. But what if I did? Would yeah. I challenge you on it? You know, um, but on that episode, we also talked about tea and how I wish that I was a tea drinker because Sir, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart mm -hmm. looks so young because of all the Earl Grey tea he drinks. That's what everybody says. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. I'd like scientists to look it up. But apparently he looks so you know how Patrick Stewart has looked <laughs> 70 years old for the last 50 years. Yes. And I feel like I, I think a lot of that is because of the Earl Grey tea and it's sort of mm -hmm. healing mm -hmm. Uh, property. I don't think we should. I don't know that we should uh, go real, out there and, and, and be saying that, but I will back that 100%, Andy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Andy, real quick, before we leave this topic, do you know that uh, Patrick Stewart, huge Beavis and Butthead fan, has a Shut giant collection of memorabilia? I just Are wanted to throw that up? out there. No, I swear to you, it's true. That's, Google it. Google it. I, here's the thing about Patrick Stewart <laughs> that I think we can all agree. We love Patrick Stewart, right? He is da he's, he's a down-ass mother effer. But this makes me love him even more. This makes me love him even more because, as you guys know, Beavis and Butthead do America. I come, I, I hold in very high regard Tim Gettys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I'm that, not surprised, Nick Scarpino. This, Let me I tell you that, that movie is great. You know what? This makes a lot of sense to me because for a while I would always think to myself, Patrick Stewart is like too high brow to be a voice on American Dad. Um. I always thought he that did, I was, he did Family Guy also. Yeah, he does a lot of Family Guy as well. Like he, I just thought like, why is Patrick Stewart kind of agreeing to do this? It's just kind of it's weird. It's it feels cool out of character. Nice. But I, he, really? if he loves Beavis and Butthead, I, I guess it. I feel like oh, he just kind of likes raunchy, stupid cartoons. Uh, I wonder if he's a fan of King of the Hill. Also, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm sure he Too is. I remember watching um, the documentary that they did about the Next Generation. And and it kind of changed my opinion. Not that I had a bad opinion of Patrick Stewart. I've always loved him because uh, I like I love Picard and I actually liked him as uh, Professor X. I liked him, but um, just I'm just throwing shade because you're not talking right now. It makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm not talking because uh, you're talking. That's how podcasts yeah. work. Is that how it works? <laughs> yes. I thought I thought we invited our friends that we haven't seen in three years and then we don't let them talk at all or ask them any questions. Well, Jeff them. seemed very conflicted by the idea that Patrick Stewart. You know, I'm like, yeah, he shouldn't be long on that cartoon. Why would he agree to that? Jeff seemed like you wanted to disagree. So I, he, he, he seems very self-aware of his own fame and to have such a good sense of humor about it. Like, do you remember that episode of Extras he was in? That was yes. many, many, many years Genius. ago. Like, You're right. I, I feel like it's kind of right up his sensibilities just, just based on what I know of the man from seeing him appear to the thing. That's what I was going to say. He seemed, when I watched that documentary about him, uh, and, and not about him, excuse me, about the how the next generation came about and how it was like a shooting budget, he just seemed very down to earth where he was like, my career was not going anywhere. This was like the last, the last kind of ditch effort for me and it ended up working out for him and obviously catapulting him into like movie stardom and, and being a, the person he is today. But he just seems like a lot more grounded than I think he comes off just because he's got that nice proper English accent that just makes him sound better than everyone. But maybe that's not, maybe that's us judging him. Maybe that's not him judging us.
No, the accent the accent goes a long way. We have this British kid named Gavin that works with us, and if you ever have a conversation with him, he's one of the dumber people you'll meet. But the mm-hmm. accent fools you. It just oh, yeah. you. Oh yeah. 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 Unlike Greg, he's got Greg's got that Midwest accent that you're just like you're dumb as a pile of rocks. Does he? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have that. Just wanted to dig at him. <laughs> well, I just feel bad. He hasn't been on the podcast in three weeks, and I miss him. Uh, and I'm sorry I just that he feel couldn't bad. be there. I- I love the idea that Nick doesn't isn't entirely sure if he has the accent or not. <laughs> the, the, the Chicago, the Chicago. Well, actually, know what's funny is I backed away from that for a second because I was like, "Is Chicago considered Midwest?" I don't really understand what Midwest is. Truth be true, I think it is. I think it is. No, but also sometimes it, 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 this is how I show love for Greg is I insult him and then people clip that out and they send it to him and he goes, "Oh, Nick was thinking about me on the podcast," and it's true. Obviously, I feel Greg bad. Let me talk shit about him. Time. Yeah, that's how it goes. Inaccurate shit. <laughs> Greg doesn't process emotions like like other human beings process them. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think he receives an insult from me as like a warm hug, you know, like mm. a warm little koala bear hug. Mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is the kind of funny podcast where each and every week, three, sometimes four best friends gather around these podcast mics to shoot the breeze and talk about coffee. If you want to support this show, you can do so in a lot of different ways, uh, one of which is subscribe to our channel or subscribe to our feeds for podcasts. We really like that. We like seeing those numbers go up. Uh, and also, if you got a few bucks to give, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny and throw us some over there. You can get uh, all sorts of cool stuff like this show ad free. You can be a part of our exclusive Patreon only post show that Jeff's hopefully going to stick around for. Uh, and you can ask him some questions while you're there. He Shout probably out to won't our Patreon producers. He, he he he's like, I, I, he just realized he doesn't have time right now. He's like, I. Yeah. I have 15 more minutes on this Hard podcast out. talking about French press, and then I'm out. Uh, shout out to our <laughs> Patreon producers, Prankski, Delaney, Twinning, and Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, and Prankski, uh, number two. Uh, we love you very much. Today's podcast is brought to you by me, Undies, HelloFresh, and Uncommon Goods. But we'll talk about those a little bit later. Now back to Breakfast Talk. So Real quick with the, th- the Breakfast Talk. Go for it, Jeff. I was going to say, I think it's context, right? Like six scrambled eggs doesn't seem inordinate to me. It just seems like a hungry guy. Six boiled eggs feels like a statement. That's weird. Mm. Boiled that, eggs. That is weird. a good point. Although six but scrambled eggs. it's the same eggs. amount of egg. It's all no, about how you yeah. come on, Guys, come on. Boiled eggs go down quick. Well, what's you the difference? You six the... hard-boiled eggs right oh, now. I, Nick, I Nobody... assure you, I get absolutely insane. You are going to f- – this do is a I, challenge. Do, no, no, no. It's not a challenge. Do, this like, is a challenge. If I were to eat a number of boiled eggs, it would probably be three. I'm going to I'm gonna Postmates over from Starbucks those little packets that have the two hard-boiled eggs in them. I'm going to get you mm-hmm. three of those packets. I want to see how many of those hard-boiled eggs you can, no, you can don't be ridi- shoot out don't be ridiculous. before you start That's to regurgitate them up. That's not a challenge. You, you think you could eat six, right? I think I would start to throw I, up around four. No, I think I could eat six, and I just had, I just had lunch. I just finished lunch. Wow. This, this is, is how cool like, hand like you're started. What you say? <laughs> I said, this is how cool hand Luke started. You got to be uh, careful. Yeah, it's true. With hard-boiled eggs, the hard-boiled eggs. Kevin's going to end up escaping from jail and getting caught, and then uh, then they're going to beat him into submission, and we're all going to turn our backs on him. You know, yeah. I don't think you can beat Kevin into submission. Me and Tim have been trying to do that for the last seven years, and he just keeps getting more powerful somehow. I'm I want to say I want to see Kevin unhinge his jaw like a boa constrictor and take down these eggs, like, all at once. They I really help. just want to see it down him, dude. I believe in you. So I had the three eggs. I, I made the six eggs scrambled, thinking I'll eat three now and then three tomorrow. And then, of course, 10 o'clock comes around. I throw on some Netflix, and I think to myself, what would be good, Tim? Mm-hmm. The rest of these eggs today yes, with maybe they're ice cold with maybe a little bit of mayo on top of them. 
Wait, so you scramble your eggs and then you throw them in the fridge? That sounds so yeah. terrible, dude. Really what do. is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why this is appealing to me. And actually, last night as I ate them, I was thinking to myself, you should stop. You're starting to feel sick. And then I went to this. I went to the cabinet and I got these little pills that I have called nauseam pills that, that make your stomach feel better so I can eat them a little bit more. You're right. <laughs> We're right back. Is. We he are has, right back. Wait, he's got Jeff. vomit pills, anti-vomit pills that he eats mm -hmm. when he's eating too much so that he can keep eating. I'm like an old Roman <laughs> lord, you know what I mean? Where you're just there and I'm like, where, bring me my vomit bucket so I can vomit them out so I can eat more. Jeff, we are one week removed from talking about the time that Kevin and Tim kept telling Nick, hey, if you're feeling sick, you should stop eating. And Nick was kind of getting mad at them because he kept Wait, on no. eating Parmesan cheese, right? Yeah. Or hold on like that. Get yeah, the you got to give the context this right. of this, the thing. We were at Dave and Buster's for lunch, which like, Jeff, I am sure you know. As a content creator, there's always those days where you're shooting some shows, you're doing some gameplay, all that stuff, and then it's lunchtime. And then there's always the one jackal that's like, let's do something crazy for lunch. Who's down to go somewhere weird? And then you end up at Dave and Buster's and you're sitting there and Nick uh, uh, insists on ordering way too many appetizers. I don't which like being called a jackal. Nice. You know, of course, we get to uh, partake in some of it, but then he always gets one thing too much that's weird. And this salad. time was an insane amount of cheese. No, it, was, it was a salad that came with a Parmesan crisp on the side of it. But the Parmesan crisp looked like... It was the size of a plate. It was the size of a plate. <laughs> yeah. And I started eating it, and I don't think it was that the crisp was bad. Captain America's shield. Dude, it it's just that there was, was so much, much of it. It was just too much cheese. But it Nick, that's what we kept telling you. We kept being like, hey, Nick, that's too much cheese. And yeah, you're like, lot, you but... looked at, you did the thing, you know, where the like scared squirrel thing where you like were eating the cheese, looked up at us, went, hmm, and then looked away. <laughs> yeah. And I started where, eating and I finished it. Where's the impetus to continue? It, do you, are you, were you raised to finish your plate? Yes. I was oh, a consummate okay. overeater growing up. So uh, growing up in my Italian household, we got to dial this back. If we want, if we want to have the therapy okay. session right now, you got to mm -hmm. dial it back. Elena Scarpino grew up with a very, very old uh, mother. Her mother was like very like kind of depression era. So everything was like you don't waste food growing up. Right. Right. If there's food on your plate, you, you, you have to eat the plate. Otherwise, it's disrespectful for everyone out there that, that can't have that much food, which we always grew up having that coupled with my mother not understanding how to scale recipes to the people that were there. So we had a family of four growing up, but she only ever knew how to make stuff that was like for eight people. <laughs> so it was always like, there's a lot of food on this table. You're not getting up until you, you finish it. It was that. And then, of course, obviously dialing it back more. It's like that is how I, I that's how I, I mean, I just I, I'm, a, I'm an overeater. That's just how it goes. I, I've been an overeater forever. It's something I've struggled with. So coming out, out of that, realizing that when I'm, you know, I should be going to bed at midnight instead of starting another episode of Seinfeld or whatever and eating. I start to unpack that and go, oh, maybe I'm just a little anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll have to take a step back, have a glass of water, like just go to bed. That'll make everything a little bit better. Uh, also, eating's fun. So yeah, that. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's true. I have a question for you all who seem more adult-like than me, even though I'm two years older than Tim. Um, Are you really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe three? Oh, it still shocks people. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> I would have thought you were... Ken's age, maybe a couple years younger than him. Just because you're very spry, you play basketball. Three years older than me. Three years. I stayed at a hotel over the weekend. I, are we tipping people at hotels? I don't know what to do. <sighs> no, that is a big know. source is of anxiety. Is it Vegas? For me. If it is it Vegas, then no. 
Andy in Vegas? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, what, you're supposed to tip Vegas when you get there, and if you you got a bunch of like I don't uh, do it. I don't do bags it. Bags and shit, and you give them the bags. It's if they provide a service for you. If you walk yeah. in there, you got 15 fucking bags, and they're like, "Sir, allow me to please take the bags." I'm always like, first off, no, sir, I don't got a tip for you. Get out of here." But sometimes, yeah. sometimes Nick will be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah just just give him the bag." And then Nick slips some, uh, slips some uh, for five dollars. This was a nice hotel. Oh, a little linky. The linky. guy had a top hat. I feel like I needed to give him a tip. Oh, top hat. Yeah, you gotta get. Where, wait, was this the yeah. trip you just took? Yeah. Jeff, what are your thoughts on this? Was it an ironic top hat, or was it? It was no. uh, like appropriate to the hotel. Was you he gotta pairing that with suspenders? Was this, no. Was I mean, did he, do, did he do anything to you for you? To I you? guess did it he do anything to you. <laughs> what did, he did you call the cops, sir? <laughs> like, I, I think the. Top Hat could have been ironic based on the chain of hotel, right? Like, if it's a La Quinta Inn, probably an ironic Top Hat. But yeah. it was a Fairmont. It if was really, staying, really nice. Stop. Okay. If you're staying at a La Quinta Inn and the, and someone there has a Top Hat, they don't work at that La Quinta Inn. They're yeah, don't give them your you bag. Your bag. Yeah. They're going to take your bag. This guy believes me. This guy believes me. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> then it does it is street magic and disappears. You're like, fuck. That was no, actually pretty cool. This is up, a you know, very okay. unironic Top Hat, Jeff. And what did he do for you? Did he open a door or did he carry your bags? Um, they did grab my one luggage thing because I was just I was kind of blindsided by all of it. Honestly, I was kind of caught off guard on you. Yeah, you got to stop them from getting your if it's just one bag, they'll try to take it. And then you do have to pay them. But that's mm. unnecessary. You should just mm. you got to you got to maintain positive control of your bag in that situation. And don't travel with 15 bags like Kevin, apparently. Maintain Who knows why positive he control. It's I'm, I'm the guy that carries all the camera equipment, Jeff. I got oh, a yeah, box that's true. That's yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, in that case, well, yeah, you true. can tip them. But oh, just spot one. on, right? See, what you got to do is you got to you got to assert your dominance over these bags yeah. right when you get out of the cab, and that's mm-hmm. that comes with a very quick like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, I got it. You know, you pull that because like, they're gonna go, they're immediately gonna open that trunk and start taking your bag out. Once that happens, you have a short period of time to grab that bag back from them and walk your own bag up to the concierge or yeah. the, the the front desk. Once the bag's been out of your sight. Or out of your like, what wow, how, how much time are we control? talking? Positive control. You gotta maintain positive, positive control. control. If it's out of your positive control for five minutes, then you've got to tip the guy when he brings it up to your room uh, or brings okay. it back to you. Real real quick, now that we're talking about this topic, uh I have a <clears throat> I have a gripe with the bathroom people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You go to a fancy <laughs> place. People. Yeah, you sometimes you go to a real fancy place. A lot of times it's in Europe, you know? And they got mm. someone standing there with towels, fucking like candies the and shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that shit. Dude, I, Kevin. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I'll give you a dollar oh. to get out so I can do what I need to do. I got to do my Because I don't like doing it with audiences, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can hear me as I can. I can solve that problem for you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Don't go to strip clubs. They, those yeah, men don't exist anywhere else. Yeah, you're not. You, <laughs> how, when was the last time you were in Europe in a fancy uh, bathroom in Europe and somebody four, did that? Four years ago. Yeah. Uh, when I was in a strip club in Europe, that was probably the last <laughs> yeah. time. I, look, no, Jeff, I'm going to have to fight back on this one because... There were bathroom people like <laughs> we're talking like they're I know like it's, a, like it's a secret it's, kind I, of like like race of creature. <laughs> like No, I saw bathroom people at an Overwatch League event. Dude, know your clientele. And that's my problem with the hotel guy that like, here's the thing. I never want to be I never want to be profiled except for <laughs> when I'm getting out of a, when an Uber <laughs> and I look like myself and I'm dressed exactly. like myself. That's when I want to be profiled. Yes. I want to. I want them to look at me and be like, "He's not gonna. He's not gonna me. tip." Yeah, and like, and I, I would appreciate that to be honest with you, because like, if I'm dressed a certain way, 
maybe if I'm getting out of an Uber Deluxe or a Lyft First Class, I don't know what the fuck they call their thing. But if I'm getting out of those really nice Ubers, then sure, like, you know, maybe you could be like, oh, that's just kind of his his hangout gear or whatever. But I also got to assume I probably wasn't alone because I was at that hotel with a lot of other streamers. And there were probably not a whole lot of tips happening over that weekend. Here's the problem, though. Streamers, not us. But most streamers make a lot of money. Uh, right? that's People that probably got invited to that thing are used to it's tips. A, it's the it's the problem that right. w- you run into is that rich people can look just like us, Andy. They can wear schlubby zip up hoodies that they forgot they were wearing and, and absolutely meant to take off before the podcast started. And it's just been what a solid twenty two minutes, and everyone's seen me in this hoodie that I wore a lot. So, but I'm with you, right? If I get out of the podcast or the, I get out of the Uber and I'm wearing like you know some schlubby Reeboks. I'm hoping I'm exuding. Don't ask me for money. Don't give me the awkward encounter where you accompany me to my room. Let me, let me do that because I don't, it's not that I don't want to give you money. It's the anxiety of, I didn't think of this beforehand and I don't have any cash on me. Well, that's the beauty Can of the strip club, right? the thing? That's why that makes sense. Is like they, you, they know you have the cash on you. Like they are, they're targeting you, you even warrant. more yeah. to try to like shake you down as much as possible. But like, it's the places that they don't make sense at a nice hotel. It's like, all right, I kind of get it at some of the fancier, like dance clubs or whatever that makes sense. But about a decade ago, the first time I ever came across one of these bathroom people was in a San Francisco mall downtown. And it's like, that is a very inappropriate place. Like the people that are at this mall are not walking around with cash. They are not looking to tip bathroom people. Like it makes no sense at all. And they were there for years until eventually, I I don't know, maybe COVID took them out. They're they're probably there to stop people from using heroin, right? That's actually a really good point, Kevin. Like I'm not, guys, I'm not even like, I know it sounds, I know it sounds like a joke, but like legitimately, heroin is a huge problem in San Francisco. No, it just wasn't. People was shooting up say, on the street. Yeah. I was going to so, say that they were either there for that or just keep it clean and make sure people weren't like, yeah, hiding out in there. But that's a really good call. And why are they trying to get tips then? That's I mean, my. Listen, that's my if you're, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be honest with you. And this is no disrespect to hotel workers. I mean, you guys work really hard too. But keeping people from doing heroin in a public bathroom sounds like a really hard job. <laughs> I might tip you if that. If I see you be like, sir, I'm sorry. Please don't do heroin here. And you have to deal with that situation. I might be like, here's a couple bucks, bro. Thank you for thanks for holding this fucking down so I can go pee at a urinal here and not get stabbed by a needle. Jesus That's Christ. brutal. I do. I do. I've seen, <laughs> seen some horrible shit in the bathrooms at the uh, at the Westfield Mall down <laughs> on Market. That's Street. the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's, a- that's I've seen some weird shit in those bathrooms. I don't like there are certain bathrooms there that I just, I just won't go to. I'm like, I don't I don't want to feel cornered over here by this uh, this urinal right now and have to fight my way out like it's a. Uh, like it's some sort of uh, dead by dawn or some shit like that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Dead by what dawn. What kind of malls do you guys hang out in? Dude, Good we're Lord. in San Francisco. It's no man's land here yeah. right now. Well, it's yeah. also the, like the yeah. nicest mall in San Francisco, right? Oh, that the was, nicest yeah. because there's because they have people to stop you from doing heroin. <laughs> no, stuff. no, it's just uh, well, yeah, I guess if you think about like the shitty malls don't have anyone to stop you. You don't want to go in that bathroom. You're gonna. But shitty malls also have ices, so there is that that trade off <laughs> where you're true. like, they do have the good sabaros. Seven Eleven. No, Jeff, I don't know if you realize this or not, but but the the pandemic has has uh, amplified a lot of the issues that our fine cities are having uh, right now. One of which is we're having a pretty big drug problem in San Francisco, uh, not the least of which I think is like heroin and fentanyl. Fentanyl is pretty bad too. Fentanyl is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been having a similar problem where uh, in Austin, where all of California moved here during the pandemic. 
Oh, we, we, and we'd like to uh, actually officially apologize for that. No, um, keep them. Those are a bunch of quitters out keep there. Keep them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. a bunch of quitters. There's a lot of people quitting to, to Austin right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, really, really appreciate it. Jeff, what's been the sort of, like, what has been your public life in Austin over the pandemic? Like, are you, recently we kind of, we'll go to a movie once every week or two because we got to review it, but also, like, I love getting out of this apartment and going to a movie and hanging out with the dudes. Like, are what's what's the? I'm gonna go adventure out in this city. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question, Andy, and thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, you know, since the pandemic started, uh, Rich Teeth, we have been a work from home company. Uh, we've only started to recently go back, and only for specific productions. So I've spent much of the last year in my house, avoiding the the outside world. But when I do go out. Uh, it's very rarely to spend time with other humans, uh, become a, a pretty big hermit uh, this last year or so, but I ride my bicycle every day. And so I ride 30 miles uh, on my bike every day. <laughs> and uh, it, well, it's an e-bike, so it's a little bit easier. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. But I mean, All I'm right. still pedaling. I'm still pedaling with the best yeah, of them. Yeah. Uh, 30 is still a lot. It's like, I feel like 30 yeah. e-bike miles That's is equal to at least 10 bike miles, right? Oh, uh, for sure. And it's about three hours a day. Uh, uh, anyway, wow. Andy, so I go from, from where I live all the way down. You know this because you used to live in Austin. I go all the way down to Town Lake, and I go down to Barton Springs, and I go all the way down to the dam, and then all the way back, and then I go through some neighborhoods. Uh, and that's my only real uh, exposure to the outside world. I've been to two movies, I believe. Yeah, two movies since uh, since the pandemic. And I don't have Please tell me Venom 2 was one of them. Venom 2, one of those movies? It was uh, a Jason Statham movie where he had to stop a bank robbery. I don't remember what it was called. Something I mean, of man. This bank robbery. That, that was one, it. That was pretty good. Yeah, and it was uh, obviously Fast and Furious. I saw those are the only two movies I've seen theater. Of course, of course. Oh yeah, we are. Venom been... one, Tim. I, I don't know if I would if I would appreciate Venom two. Don't. I, I'd don't. be lost in the story. Oh, no. we hate it. Oh, no. Let me tell you, dude. There's a lot of nuance to that story. Too, so <laughs> you really don't want to do yourself that disservice. Yeah, no, we You're... fucking hate it. I mean, three hours is a long time. Yeah, what are you, you doing during those? You... Are you listening to? to podcast or music or anything here's what i'm doing if i'm if i'm jeff i'm popping on lord of the rings two towers like that's a perfect trip that's a perfect trip you know uh usually <laughs> what i'm doing uh is listening to music and working out bits for for podcasts awesome i thought nick would have reacted to the lord of the rings bit but i guess not. i'm sorry i got a, another random phone call that i was like oh i think that might be someone of uh, per, uh, of importance and of course it is just spam it's one of the 500 spam calls that i get every day i apologize that lord what of the rings is for nerds oh <laughs> 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 uh, i digress ladies and gentlemen well, Jeff, what about you've you been guys? doing a lot of cool stuff over over at rt recently that i've been appreciating i watched i just finished uh last laugh season two I love the kind of higher production value of all of it. I was talking about it on the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, but I've appreciated something about you the last couple of years, okay. Jeff, and that is that you've kind of more publicly uh, expressed your love of reality TV and the different forms of reality TV. And I think that The Last Lap is kind of an example of you guys trying to do some game showy reality TV stuff at Rooster Teeth, and I appreciate that a lot. I wonder, what's your experience been with all that stuff? Oh, uh well thanks tim uh i it, it's, it always confuses and 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 uh humbles and blows me away that you watch rich teeth content still uh really appreciate that um i you're right i'm obsessed with reality tv i have pretty much to the to the frustration of the few people that i i guess i still communicate with i have pretty much uh sworn off all movies 
and uh, most narrative-based things for pure reality TV. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm real mm. into the Welcome. Housewives of Beverly right now. Housewives Fuck of Beverly yeah, Hills. man. I'm real into Salt Lake City. Uh, God damn, dude. Tonight's going to be part two of the I reunion. Know. I'm so fucking jazzed. Mm-hmm. It, it, that shit, that is TV that show, right there. You have never seen drama like what's going on Erica in this Jane. season. Of that Hills show is Jane. like a, a vortex where I try so hard not to watch that show. I'm the antithesis of both of you. I'm like, I don't know why people enjoy this. I don't know why people want to be around that level of anger and ferocity all the time. And as I'm thinking this, that's what I'm, that's what's going up up here, right? Meanwhile, my wife's mm-hmm. watching in the next room and I, I snap out of my haze and I've been watching this freaking reunion for 20 minutes already. It is the most fascinating yeah. like social experiment ever is putting all these women in a room together and having them just hack at each other emotionally. It's crazy. You gotta, you gotta get into the show if if you find that interesting, because all the events that lead up to it, it's there's so much intrigue and nuance. It's so fantastic, uh, and and uh, you know, and that, that's just scratching the surface, Tim. I, I I love a lot of reality TV. The Circle. I'm all over the place. I'm like, I, I watch a lot of stuff. Uh, big fan of Below Deck. Um, but no, no, it, no, I no, think- no. I will say, I'm sorry. Let me stop you right there. I don't watch any reality television other than two shows. There's two shows that I look forward to. Well, I watch a lot of car shows too, but I don't count that as reality. Great okay. British Bake Off. Great British Bake Off. Great show. Great show. Have to have it. And yeah. Below Deck is a secret guilty pleasure of mine. Hell yeah. Watching a bunch of good looking people <laughs> on a super yacht, Tim. Get GTF out of here. Get out of here. Let's go. Let's go to the Mediterranean well, right see, now. See, that's my thing is so, uh, you know, I started with just The Bachelor and I got hopelessly addicted to that, as everybody knows, over the last couple of years. But then the, due to the pandemic, Joey eventually was like, yo, you got you got to just commit. You got to make the jump to Bravo. And she convinced me and Gia to uh, get into Vanderpump Rules. So that's where we started. We went way too hard, watched the entire thing. And then what's the natural progression, Jeff? Of course, you got to go to Beverly Hills. So we've been so doing gotta that. You got to find out where Lisa Vanderpump came from. The origin story. Exactly. Yeah. So we've been doing all yeah. that. So we are Such actually, uh, we are in the final season. We're, we're catching up on the current season now because we just watched all of the seasons leading into this. So I'm still uh, maybe like two weeks away from watching the, the reunions and proper, but very excited stuff for everyone. And, but to answer yeah, your question, it, Nick, or, or not even answer your question, answer your own question that I was going to ask in my mind about this. We haven't made it to below deck yet, oh, but that is inevitably deck. on the list. And Medi- don't don't sleep on Mediterranean yeah. or the sailing one. Those are both good as well. I'm watching. Uh, I, I dude, I just I just watched. I don't know why, but my girlfriend and I just watched 21 <laughs> straight seasons of Survivor back Oof. to back to back. We're to doing back. that too, uh, without anything else in between. Like just each night, like four hours of Survivor. Yeah, uh, and it was maybe the best decision I've ever made. I, I learned so much about Survivor in such a short period of time. Derived so much entertainment value from it. Um, but to answer your, 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 your question that you asked initially, uh, like a hundred years ago, Tim, uh, before I just started naming reality shows, uh, <laughs> I think you, I think the desire when we get to a certain point in our lives and, and certainly to a success level where we have the freedom to do it maybe, or a little more freedom to do it, you want to create what you're interested in. Right. And I really am into reality TV. I really do love the interplay between people. And I love, you know, it's a, my, my, 
my favorite form of entertainment of all time would be the Howard Stern show. And the reason I like that show is because of how well the people are able to get under each other's skin, how well they know each other, how they can fuck with each other. And I think that's what reality TV does in spades when done well. And so it just, yeah, we also did a show called Camp Betrayal that was also uh, like a, a spooky game show, similar kind of thing. And we have a lot more planned for next year with it too. And also I'm just not much of a narrative guy. I don't write, you know, everything that we do is, or at least on my side of the business is off the cuff or, uh, reality based, you know, that's interesting. I never, I, I never kind of, I wouldn't have pegged that, but that does make a lot of sense. Right. Because obviously like yeah. one of the experiences that you and I went through together was uh, waiting for the punchline, which was when you guys were doing the RT, Do RT docs series, um, very much the same thing. And I know you had a very heavy hand in all of those, right? Like you were the ones that kind of, you were one of the people that helped approve those and get those kind of pushed through, uh, budgetarily mm -hmm. and like production wise, that's fascinating. But I mean, like you look at that, how do you get from how do you get from the Real Housewives to, to what you guys are doing with uh, with Last Laugh? Uh, well, I can't take credit for Last Laugh. That idea was Elise Willems uh, from Funhouse. So if you're if, if I'm doing my job right, uh, you just uh, let other more talented uh, creative people come up with ideas and then you just greenlight them. Uh, but I, it's just I you know a lot of it is if you want to get the like but like behind the 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 curtain. It's a lot of it's budgetary. It's schedule based. How long do we have these people? How many cameras do we have? What can we afford to shoot? Can we afford to go on location or not? Okay, it's got to be on location. What can we build in, in the studio? You know, how long can we expect to, to get these people to come in from out of town? How long are we going to be able to put them up in hotels? And you just kind of whittle it down. And then you look at like the, the I don't know, the binder of ideas that you've written down over the last few years. Go ahead, Andy. Jeff Ramsey. Yeah. You are given the unlimited budget the unlimited resources what is no constrictions what is no no restrictions what is the reality show you want to make before you answer that question ladies and gentlemen you know you can back us over on patreon.com slash kind of funny wow. we love you very very much just like rocket guardian did he asked the question jeff if you had an infinite budget and what would be the, any, the ideal live action show you would produce at rooster teeth that's my also, restrictions that's my that? is that you no. That's Andy. What, <laughs> no. You go by Rocket Guardian now, Andy? How many monikers <laughs> no. do you have? Uh, also, is there any show you can hint at that is in the pipeline currently? God, I, I wish I could give a really cool answer. Um, I would love to work with the Jackass guys at some point. Like, then that'd be like, if I, I, so, so, like if, I could, if I could throw money at Johnny Knoxville and Steve O and those guys to get them to do some kind of a thing, that would be cool. But I think the real, the real answer is I, I had a really fortunate couple of about four or five years there where i was able to basically produce everything i've ever wanted to make and uh and i did you know i guess i wouldn't mind continuing we did a we did a ghost hunting show mm -hmm. called haunter and we got to go all over the world we got to go as far as australia and london to, or england to hunt ghosts we did that for two years it would be fun to do it again but also i've already done it and i'm a little bit older now and tired and and i honestly I'm doing what I want to do. I, I, I do a podcast and I put everything I have into that podcast and that's really fulfilling. And so there are, I don't have a lot of like bucket list stuff left. Uh, Cause I'm saying like state. whatever, whatever sort of reality thing you want to do. I love, I love the idea of below deck. I want to be in a submarine, like even further below that. Count me out. Like very like, below deck. Yeah. I think just, it's just a bunch of people. Maybe there's not a whole lot of drama, maybe just more hanging out kind of like creating bits on the cuff, you know, off the cuff, but we're in a submarine, either that, or we're in the stratosphere. 
Kind of like how William Shatner was floating up in space earlier, and he was like, oh, wow. Did you all see? It was incredible. It was a great video. Um, <laughs> did, did you not know this, Jeff? William Shatner in space? Oh, yeah. I watched him cry and, and not be able to talk to Jeff Bezos for about 15 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was really insane. Sounds um, I'm, I want to just like do what we like to do and hang out and kind of film. Because one thing that I loved about doing all those spring break reunions we used to do was mm-hmm. knowing that the cameras were on and putting on a show and putting on a bit. Mm-hmm. And is this real? Is it not? We're fucking with each other. We're trying to keep a straight face. We're trying not to laugh. Like, I love the idea of doing that. But really exotic locations, space or underwater. Kevin, what do you pick? Uh, space. Space, fuck yeah. 100%. Because nice. underwater is just a small room, right? Yeah, but I like the idea of looking out and seeing like an octopus or a squid or something. You know? Nah, you're not going to see that. Water's too big. There's too mm. much of it. You, mean, you look out see there, you're going to see blue. You get mm. blue. And you're like, all right, cool. Boring. It just feels like space. I, I, I there's asked, no gravity. Game changer right there. I, uh, I was talking to my wife when I asked her that question. I was like, if you could, if we could afford it, because they, they're saying in our lifetimes, maybe, maybe not mine, but the rest of y'all's lifetimes. Uh, if you're wealthy, it's like privatized space travel might be a possibility for you. I might be able to go up there like a joyride. Lord knows for how much. But I was like, if we could afford it, would you do it? And my and D was like, absolutely, I would do it. I don't think I would. I think I'm too claustrophobic. I think it would cause me way too much anxiety to just get shot up in a rocket. And like, I just don't, I don't think, like I went up in a hot air balloon one time, freaked out. I'm like, I think that's high enough. I don't think I have to, I don't think I want to do this. In a lot of ways, it feels like, I'm assuming you would feel the way it would feel to do like cliff diving or jumping out of an airplane or something like that. Like, I feel like there's some sort of, it's the same sort of feeling of like, this could be the end right here. (laughs) You know, like who knows? I mean though, but that makes that begs a good question, right? Say you're 75 years old, Andy, and you've done everything you wanted to do on Twitch and they're fun. Like Andy, you've accomplished it. They give you your gold Twitch play button or whatever they give you. And you get that many subscribers and they go, this is it. Your life has been amazing. There's a 49% chance this rocket will explode and your obituary will read legendary Twitch streamer, nitro rifle dies in space travel accident. Do you do it? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds badass. That's pretty dope. I don't know. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Canva. Design is such an integral part of making content, but dang, it's hard. Or it was hard until we started using Canva Pro. Now I can design anything like a pro on any device. You can choose from thousands of customizable templates or start from scratch. Something I love. I love the the options there. Being able to go just look at a bunch of templates. It's helped with a lot of our promo imagery that we have to make. And it really kind of makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, It makes me feel like a genuine Andy Cortez. You love to see it. And Canva Pro has endless premium fonts, photos, videos, and so much more that add your own personal spice to whatever you're designing. You and four teammates can design together, unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. You can design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kfgd to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's canva.me slash 
KFGD. Canva.me slash KFGD to get your free 45 day extended trial. And next up, shout out to ButcherBox. Nothing beats quality meats. And with ButcherBox, you get more than just high quality meats. You also get holistically sourced meat because ButcherBox always keeps the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. Gia blew my mind recently when she made a grilled buffalo chicken sandwich. It was so good. I love ButcherBox. Every month, ButcherBox will ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on your box type. It's a lot of meat. It's enough for 24 individual meals. The meat has no antibiotics or added hormones and is always packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members a 10 to 16-pound turkey free in the first box perfect timing for Thanksgiving. Just go to butcherbox.com slash KFGD to sign up. That's butcherbox.com slash KFGD to receive a free turkey in your first box. B-U-T-C-H-E-R-B-O-X.com slash KFGD to get that free turkey. Okay, now we're back from that. Jeff, have you ever thought about doing a housewife style show, like committing a little bit more to the just cameras following people around, like legit it's reality TV for Achievement Hunter or Rooster Teeth or anything? Because like I put a lot of thought into it watching the shows of like, could it work? And I'm not sure that it could, but I want your insight. I, I <laughs> could it work? Yes. Uh, would it work? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know that I would feel comfortable being as open and honest with the audience as the uh, as the producers of Real Housewives are comfortable being. You know what I mean? Like, there's a that's, lot of dirty laundry. That's uh, a thing, though. Right? Is there is there they're creating characters, and that becomes their business. That becomes like like I I, I think that they're heightened versions of whoever. Like, I've I've watched enough episodes specifically of. of Beverly Hills to know that a lot of this stuff is is produced. They're leaning into the drama. They're creating some artificial stuff. And I think a lot of the women that work on the show get that. And they understand that yeah. if they could become a exaggerated version of themselves and play into the drama, that they can make a pretty amazing career out of it and make a lot of money. But I don't know if you'd want that level of, of I don't want to say acting, but that, that level of... Um, animosity floating around the offices on a daily basis because people are basically i mean they're basically being rewarded for being as terrible as humanly possible toward each other and creating that well, drama because it's fascinating and it's also it's even if you're uh angry for effect right uh you're putting it on for the cameras because you're trying to produce a bit and you're right all, all those shows are producer led uh all those segments in those situations uh somebody's steering them in that whether their their reactions are i think are mostly uh uh fairly realistic but uh they're definitely being put into situations to to uh, enhance those moments. Um, but well, you know what? I forgot what I was going to say. What were we talking about? We were talking about would you <laughs> want to do that around the office? Would it be viable? Would you, would you think oh, that'd be but a bad no, I idea? Just, I just I, I find that what's happened to me, at least over the twenty years almost that I've been doing this, is that I I get lost in those bits, and I, my comedy anger turns into real anger. And uh, I don't. I think I would. I think it would be too detrimental to relationships and friendships. I was mad at Gavin and Andrew. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Andrew, but he is somebody we do a podcast with. I was mad at them for two weeks. I wouldn't speak to him because of a bit on the podcast. And so, like a, a joke uh, that, I, that, that we did. all created together. A, mm -hmm. Yeah, a joke that turned into a real anger. And uh, he did stand I, up I, with us at one time, right? Yeah, he did. He did. That's a guy who did stand up with us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, lovely, no, I, lovely gentleman. I feel that as a person who has probably had one of the most 
Well, I'll say I, I've had some 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 negative reactions to bits that we've done here too, and kind of gotten letting myself get out of control there. I could totally understand how that would be. That's not a situation that I'd want to put myself in, where I've been encouraged yeah. to to dig into that darker side of myself, the insecurities, and just be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go full ham and tell people what I really think about something, uh, which is I don't I just don't think it's that's not something that I, a place I'd want to put myself or my coworkers around me in for sure. Having said that, if it happens on a super yacht, Andy. <laughs> Let's go. Submarine. Let's Man, go. You know, what is with you and submarines? <laughs> is that years, cool? I want to say like eight or nine years ago, we just got a cold email from a production company that pitched below deck to us. And we're like, if you're interested in being cast on it. And we were like, what is this dumb shit? And we ignored it. Oh. And then it turned out to be below deck. I mean, we potentially could have been on that show years and years and years ago, I guess, in, when they were uh, launching it. Fascinating. Wasted opportunities. Stop. Th don't throw those emails away, people. You never know. Is, is below deck... Um... Is that similar to when they're like catching fish on the? No, no, no. Below deck <laughs> is it follows the real life misadventures of the crew of a super yacht or a luxury yacht, not a super yacht, a luxury yacht. As the luxury yacht takes uh, socialites around on three to five day vacations, and they have to cater to these uh, very wealthy, uh, ridiculous mm. people, and then they. Uh, oh, they have yeah. trials and tribulations, loves and and fights, and they and, all uh, have sex and, with yeah. each other. And, you know what? They all have sex with each other. They all hate each other. And every time, no matter what, the cook is a goddamn lunatic. Yeah, always. I lunatic. know a lot about this show actually because I used to listen to. Uh, I mean, I say I used to only because it was canceled recently. But the Katie Nolan podcast, sports. Um, Katie Nolan and her crew would do a rundown of below deck all the time and the audience fucking hated it. And I kind of like, whatever, like I'm, I'll just listen to it. Sure. So I knew about 10 minutes worth of the drama of, Oh yeah, wait, uh, oh, that fucking chef sucks, and those two people are great, and I hope they succeed. Like, I kind of, like, knew the inner workings of Below Deck, but yeah, this whole time, for some reason, I thought it was the, the fishing one where they're catching fucking shrimp and stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was... That's deadliest catch. Deadliest catch. No, these are totally polar. I, I totally two understand words. from the words. Two exactly. words. Yeah. Uh, no, Below Deck is definitely something, Tim, I think you, you and Gio would love this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's one of those situations where, like... It, and Jeff is spot on with the chef, but they do a good job of producing the show so that when every meal comes out, you're like, what are they going to say? Are they going to like it? Mm -hmm. Are they going to like it? Mm -hmm. And the tension's there. And then we go to the commercial break time. We come back and the, the lead, as they call them, the lead or the primary, as they call them, is like, I got to be honest with you. The shellfish is excellent. And it's like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. He did it. He crushed it. You know what I mean? It's similar to what I would call the highest accolade in all reality television, uh, the Paul Hollywood handshake. Oh, That's crazy. And he came out of nowhere, by the way. It's already happened twice in this season, this, this newest season. And I'm like, it's, <laughs> he's just it's, giving these things away now. It's, <laughs> been, de it's like, been devalued over the last several years, Nick. It, it, it been has severely been devalued. devalued. Yeah, like, there was like, one season I remember watching where it didn't happen at all. Like yeah. I don't, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. None of you are up to the task. It's like, it's like Haley's Comet, you know. It's exactly there should, it comes well, around once a year. There should be seasons where it's where nobody gets a handshake. It should be rarefied air, and it should only happen. When, I I feel like there's a handshake quota these days. I really do. I, you think so? You think the producers are like yeah. you have to give at least three handshakes, or else you're I, I, your bloated salary, Paul Hollywood. Or, or he just he gets so much good press from it that he's a little fast and loose with it himself. Like maybe his standards have dropped a little bit. He's getting too you know, big for his like britches. Feel good yeah. story. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like uh, 
you know, although conversely, it could just be that through the course of the show and and uh, its rise in popularity and mm -hmm. it's uh, one would think that it's 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 encouraged, you know, bakers to become better. And that's maybe fair. He's just he's just after this many years. Getting are they, a better are crop they of, of rising people. the rising to the challenge? Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know what that the rise and fall. There. The, 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 the proof is in the pudding. Ooh. There's a lot, the of, a lot of proving. Exactly. And then, man, when they, <laughs> when they pop out that proving drawer, every time I'm like, where does it come from? It's a secret drawer. This is crazy. <laughs> Tim. Man, I love that show. Tim, you're a, you're a well-professed member of Bachelor Nation, right? Oh, yes. Oh, Christ. What did, you, what did you think of this season of Bachelor in Paradise? Oh, oh my God. Well, first off, Joey Noel's coming over tonight to watch uh, the premiere of Bachelorette. So I'm not fully caught up yet on that. But Paradise, I'm going to say something controversial. I think this okay. is the actual best season of Paradise that we've ever had. Having said that, it's the most busted ass season we've ever had. It is literally the leftovers of leftovers of like who even are most of you people, but right. they put them together. And for some reason that created just the right amount of chaos that like there was so much quality drama every damn episode. Like the fact that the Demi saga was over in the first like two episodes was shocking and then it just kept going like i was entertained the entire way through normally with paradise it hits the point they all couple up and then the yeah. last four episodes suck because you're just like i don't want to actually see you guys in love like this is weird and it's starting to feel fake like the bachelor and bachelorette i understand people can be like how do you fall in love this soon it's like yeah but like the setup kind of makes a lot more sense there's more dating and stuff paradise is weird because you get to the final yeah. moments and there's someone that just came on they're literally like all right i guess i'm with you and it's like eh, no nah, i don't care about I, the love but it I wasn't gotta, about the love this season i am playing the part of the kind of funny podcast listener who doesn't mm -hmm. know what you all are talking about but also i don't know what y'all are talking about which one of these shows is the MCU phase movie and which one of these shows is the TV show that may not be required viewing. So it doesn't quite Bachelor work like that. It's more uh bachelor and bachelorette are like a side Iron project Man. or something. No, no, no. They're Iron Man and Captain America and then paradise's adventures. So it's like oh. bachelor has the 30 women. Bachelorette has the 30 men. Only one of them win on each side. And that leaves you 29 on each side that like people kind of either love or hate there's the villains to the death. Or whatever and then they take all of those and put them on an island uh together for paradise oh, and they all couple up and that's yeah, it's that's the gold it's basically their version of temptation island love island f boy island any kind of island mm -hmm. uh and it's it is i find it to be more entertaining than the than the bachelor and the bachelorette undeniable or at least you, you get through bachelor and bachelorette to earn paradise yeah yeah, you you got to put the leftovers in American Ninja Warrior. I'm saying it right now. We got to do something else with these people. No, see, that's the problem. You think that you don't want that. They've done that. No. It was the Bachelor Winter Games, and it was atrocious. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Do you it's all care about idea. road rules in real world? Yeah, I used to love those shows. Back but like, I, I was actually, I, I wanted, I was a real world fan. Rules was always weird to me. I was like, wait, there's another show. I don't need it. I'm always a real world guy. But then when they did the challenges, that was uh, that's what you're talking about here, Andy. With yeah, the, the challenges like massive rule rules challenges. And I I'll never forget when I was younger watching that. I was like, this is brilliant because I'm getting invested in these other people, and it actually ended up with me watching. I think I watched like more, one series of world rules. Like, no, nah, still not for me. I'm I'm a real world person. But yeah, I don't know. Going mega popular. Are they still? Mm hmm. Yeah, the challenge is the, now its own brand. Like it's, huge. 
Yeah. Wait. It's like it, it is cemented as its own thing that is, I would say, bigger than the other two for sure. Easily. Wow. I mean, the other yeah. two don't even really exist. Like real world yeah. is like kind of doing its its weird little thing. Road rules has been gone forever. It's and it, the it, challenge it, is up it, there with Survivor as like a it is yeah. one of the biggest game reality and it, shows. It services uh to to feed other shows like X on the Beach and like there, there's a ton of like there's a ton of places are where the one goes. Yeah, are you the one? Yeah, it just spreads out. Andy, when Jeff was like, I don't watch any other narr- like form of content other than reality shows, I was like, he's clearly kidding, right? It sounds like he yeah. only ever watches reality shows now. That's pretty crazy that you watch all this. Like, y'all, like, for instance, uh, y'all probably watched Black Widow yeah, oh, yeah. or uh, WandaVision all that. or yeah, the yeah. Falcon and the Dot. Yeah. I haven't seen... I haven't seen a video or a superhero based thing since that last Avengers movie. Now, are you playing a lot of games? Much, no, no. I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of sports and a lot okay. of reality TV. Yeah. yeah. How, I just how like them, the real world right now. How are them Celtics looking? Well, tonight's our first night. So, uh, go, go green. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Cautiously mm-hmm. optimistic. I'm not. I, I know we're talking a lot first. about this this reality stuff. So the last question before we can move on. I'm sorry, audience. I get it. I get it. Jeff, I've only seen Beverly Hills. What yeah. are the required viewings for Housewives? Okay, so I'm 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 not f- much further than you. I have such a limited amount of bandwidth to watch all this trash, right? Uh, so I'm hardcore in, in Beverly Hills. I would say uh, I have dipped my toe in New York, Atlanta, and Potomac. I haven't latched onto any of those, but I would say Salt Lake City is phenomenal and you should start from the beginning they're only on the second season right yeah now. exactly i yeah. think that's what we're gonna do and and because because there's a woman on that show named jen shaw she is going through in season two in real time a very similar thing to what erica jane's going through and it's just fbi is involved it's yeah. just as sketchy it's just as like uh uh potentially damning for yeah. them and so uh, it's really fast. If you're in, if you're into the Erica Jane stuff, you got to watch Salt Lake City because the the Jen Shaw stuff is about to break and it's going to be huge. Uh, Joey Noel joining the podcast. Joey, what are your thoughts on Erica I, Jane? I know exactly I what Joey's to God, about to say. If you guys don't fucking watch New Jersey, I'm going to be so pissed. New Jersey I've never is seen New so Jersey. good. I'm rewatching New Jersey right now because I have missed like maybe like the last four seasons, so I went back because I haven't watched original stuff forever. And the first two seasons of New Jersey are so bad didn't, didn't crazy, man. Someone get indicted on that show too. Yeah, that's Joe and yeah. Teresa. Yeah, that's right. He went to prison for tax stuff. There's always someone getting getting show. indicted, which is like I wonder if the producers are like, Yes, we cast perfectly, right? I bet you it's someone, a nice prison. Oh, it's definitely white. It's definitely that prison at the end of Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, oh, I forgot for one second that I was rich, and it's just him playing tennis. That's probably the prison they're going to. But I have to but imagine as a producer of the live show, like, like Jeff, if you were doing Last Laugh and all of a sudden someone came in and they were like, Nick Scarpino, you're under arrest for uh, being too funny. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you want from me, man? I was going to you know, win this show. They're like, all oh, like conviction. <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we got the wrong Nick Scarpino. We, we thought it was the guy from Portillo's. That's got to be a that's got to be a godsend for producers, but also like terrible. Wait, I'm surprised you guys don't. No one's mentioned the Real Housewives of Orange County. Wasn't that the OG? Yeah, yeah I don't think yeah. it's that great, to be honest. Really, I, I like I liked New York when D was watching it just because of the Bethany Frankel conundrum. Mm. Like everything she Bethany did, shows she shows up just, in Beverly Hills. A does lot. she show up in Beverly Hills? Okay. Well, I like Beverly Hills. Got her. They got they got Denise Richards also, and then who was the other? R.I.P. Man. R.I.P. Denise gone. She she, she's coming she got, back though. Her and oh, Lisa she's she's she played, dude. 
played. She died. Then she died. She died. <laughs> he was like, all right. I was like, oh, she died. I didn't know that. Just kids. Oh, she'll um, be back bullied. next season of the season after, I think. You think so? I think so. I think they're setting it up. They bring, your, they bring it up too much. They've brought it I up hope. too much at the I end hope. of the season. They're, they're definitely teasing it, I think. Well, who's the other person they just added? Is it Sutton or Crystal? Sutton and Garcelle and Crystal are the Garcelle. new people. On who's the Spider-Man Homecoming? She's the mom. Yeah. Michael Keaton's wife. Jeff, and I'm then, sure you were a massive fan of Michael Jordan's uh, 10-part series. The Last on, Dance? The Last Dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do a 10-part series, and in the final episode, me and Greg Miller finally foot race. But it's essentially just kind of us documenting all of the all of the back and forth, all of the bickering, all of the 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 fighting and arguing that we've had over who is the fastest person, me or Greg Miller. Uh, I think that's perfect drama. I think we can really up the stakes. And I'm giving you, I don't know, how does a two thousand dollar budget sound? How about that? And all I have to produce is ten full length, yeah, assuming hour length. long. A t- uh, a hour 30 hour 30 hour, each hour. yeah well i'll take it i'll take it back uh i'll take it back to the the, the fellows at rich teeth and uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> all right ideally awesome. you'd also get um the interviews they got like so we're gonna need like bryant gumbel and uh oh yeah, yeah. and michael jordan it'd be awesome if michael jordan could be yeah. a part of this as well nice. <laughs> three thousand i'll raise the budget real talk how much how much money do you think we'd have to do to put toward a series a reality series where we reintroduce Greg to the Rooster Teeth audience so that they like him. <laughs> How much money that would cost? It's like a I big feel project. Like that would really help our big... business out a lot if you're if the achievement hunter Rooster Teeth audiences, respectively, actually liked Greg. <laughs> it's like a big like makeover rehab project. <laughs> You know, that, it's so funny you say that because uh, Jeff earlier said, like, you're surprised I still watch stuff. I rarely do, but for some of the higher profile stuff, I, I get invested. Like, and Gia and I really were into Last Laugh last season and this season. So we kind of made it like a thing where every week a new episode would come up and you watch it. I downloaded the RT app on my Apple TV for the first time uh, this season to watch it. And every time I pull it up, the first things I see are our dumbass shows. So I'll see Andy's stupid ass face or like Greg's shit because we're on West Coast. So a lot of our stuff goes up late. So it is just the latest thing on the blade and i'm like so you're telling me that we are this prominently featured mm-hmm. on rooster League and nobody still gives a fuck yeah <laughs> somehow it's great. It's great somehow fun. that happens and the rooster teeth audience goes over and just and goes we have to convince people to unsubscribe from this youtube channel this yeah. is a travesty this is anti-content is what these people are making look you know how facebook is renaming itself i think we need to go on undergo a name change and just kind of Ooh try to fool the audiences we're brand new we're brand new a bunch of up and comers all of us you know we're all kind of getting into the content creator. yeah exactly Quad team force yeah for, for bros nick Same doesn't even out. know what joke you're making tim because that's how out of it nick is yeah i don't understand Do you want to explain <laughs> that to me that's, that, that, it's a new rooster teeth group. It, it's a rooster teeth group that's uh it's what live actions do it the old oh, oh right cool. right right that's what you guys have uh you guys have stuffed blaine over there yeah stuffed yeah, yeah. blaine you took, you took so that, much that, stuff. That, took that mountain of a man and stuffed him over there. <laughs> Nick, you need to watch Last Laugh. Like, if anything, and you should watch the whole season. Everyone should go check it out. It's great stuff. But you have to watch it just for the final episode. I, I will. At I would least, love to watch it. At, at least point, plays a bit that it, it might be one of the funniest things I've ever seen any of my friends do. It is. I would so say watch. Makes me funny. happy. 
watch season two because I think season two is way, 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 way better than season one. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I will, I will definitely do that. I, I, I didn't. I was going to watch it. I was, I was going to watch it this week, but then I saw that Jeff was coming on the podcast and I didn't want to disappoint him because he knows that I like to be completely unprepared for our interviews. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to go in blind, go in blind. What's what, what was it? Bro team, bro team four. Speaking of being unprepared, I was thinking about this the other day and I, I was, it, this is a perfect opportunity. Can I take a second to tell you something uh, about you, Nick? That I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. Do take an hour. I had this, uh, I had this, idea, I had this realization a couple weeks ago and then I thought, Oh, I should tell this to Nick. And then I got, I forgot about it. And then now here we are. So yeah. I realized yeah. I can say it. You have checked you single-handedly. Maybe next to Bernie, uh, who helped start this, my Jeff. career, you well, completely unintentionally, you have single-handedly uh, altered the way I create content more than just about anybody else. And really? I'll tell you how. Okay. Uh, well, first off, there's no secret that I have such an affinity for all of you. Uh, I love you guys so much. And, and I had so much fun that, that period of time where I felt like I was going up to San Francisco all the time and spending time with you guys. Uh, and the reason I was doing that was because I was so fascinated by your process and the way you were approaching getting on at the punchline that we decided to make the documentary about it. And then the, the way to make the documentary, uh, make sense for Ruthie's audience. Uh, you know, it, we threaded me in and you kind of teaching me, uh, standup, which wasn't something I had ever planned on doing and not something that I'll probably continue in my career. But, uh, what I realized in the process of, attempting stand-up and doing it the 10 or so times that I did it is that it, I started to prepare in a way that I never had as a, as a content creator before. Mm, I'm very off the cuff. I have loose ideas in my head. I would go in, I would never, never, certainly never write anything down. So I would go into a podcast or whatever with a loose framework of a joke I wanted to tell or a story I wanted to tell. But I discovered that I enjoyed the process of practice and of preparation so much that even though I don't do stand-up anymore, I apply that to everything I do. And what I do isn't much these days. I'm, you know, I only do two podcasts and, and the main podcast that I do uh, is called Fuckface. And then I, I'm like a color man on one called Annual Pass. Uh, but I approach it completely unintentionally. It just changed the way it informed the way I, I, I prepare now. I approach the Fuckface podcast each week, much like a stand-up set. And in terms of like writing down almost everything I talk about, writing down stories, I actually like, for instance, I had a, a story I told. It was a pretty long story, about 45 minute story about a misadventure I had in Mexico recently. Uh, I guess I did take a vacation to Mexico, so I did leave Austin for that, uh, where I, I tried to go whale shark watching and it, everything went wrong. And I told the story, I think, 25 times to myself, 45 minute story before I told it on air. And I would never have approached and 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 it was it did really well because I felt so prepared and because I had it down. And uh I think it's made me a much better entertainer because of because of that change, that evolution, which I never probably would have discovered had I not gone down that road with you and had I not had to start preparing uh comedy to be ready for stand-up. What a great time that was. Super what a great it time. was. It was awesome. That was super fun. So I just wanted to say I just want to say thanks because it, I think I'm a better entertainer than I was before. I, you know, it's arbitrary whether I'm good or not, but I think I'm better than I was. And I don't think I would be as good as I was today if, if I hadn't gone through that experience with you. Wow. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, and I, I will just say this. 
you're you could do what a lot of comics do which is try out material on your podcast and when it works you then take that to the stage because that's what 99 percent of the comedy podcasts i listen to i'm like wait a minute like i'll watch someone special be like wait a minute i heard him say that on the podcast three <laughs> times already what are we gonna do there uh no that i think back i mean obviously for for a, a myriad of reasons i that that time was awesome at the least of which was that we could actually fly back and forth and see each other yeah. a lot uh, but i do feel like that was a special time in in kind of funnies like lifespan where we were we were just collaborating so much with you guys and felt like and it's not to say we don't still feel close it's just you know as as things have progressed and companies kind of like you know new shows come up new shows get canceled or old shows get canceled i don't feel like i see you guys ever i think the only point of contact really is kind of tim uh he does a great job but don't get me wrong but that was like the spring breaks the flying back and forth once or twice or three times a year to austin just to kind of hang and do some of your shows and stuff like that i hope we can get back to that i really do because that was that to me went from this being a job to this being like, oh my god, I'm so. I mean, I've always, I've always, you know, all kidding aside, felt super lucky to be able to be do, to do this as a living. But that was those times that I'm like, this feels really special that we get to actually yeah. all hang out and make cool shit together, and we don't have to worry necessarily about like where our next meal is coming from or where the next paycheck's coming from. That was that was a, a pretty special time for us as well. Um, but I, I do want to say one note before before we move on because I want to talk to you about your podcast as well about preparing for podcasts uh, ahead of time. Uh, make sure you're listening, Andy. Just make sure you're listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy wasn't on the podcast this last week. So I did, some shade this too. motherfucker did not listen to my joke because he was looking at a missed call. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm pretty sure it was I'm pretty sure it was a rebel call too, because it's like, hey, if you'd like to uh redo your car warranty. I was like, I don't know about that. No, nah, it's always uh, it's always fake. I did uh, want to talk about Jeff's podcast too, Nick. I'm glad you wanted to do that because I Jeff do. has I to a, leave Jeff has to leave pretty soon. Um I'm yeah, so probably used gonna to, leave in ten minutes, but I'm so minutes. used to I'm used to as Sorry, a rooster teeth fan, like just being used to the video component. Uh, and growing up and watching a lot of Rooster Teeth videos and YouTube and Rooster Teeth and YouTube, like I'm just so used to seeing that. So it th this is in no way an offense to you because I listen to one podcast and one po one podcast only. And that's the Dan Levitard Dan show Levitard with Stu Gatz. Yeah. And that's all I listen to. So I don't really have a whole lot of time to venture out to other podcasts. And it's a bit easy for me to kind of forget that Jeff is regularly working on stuff because I rarely... I rarely go and explore podcasts, you know, but I'll see stuff from Andrew on Twitter regarding fuckface, and I'll go, damn, I need to give that a shot, and I just never fucking do because my memory is terrible. What is fuckface? That's a great question. Sawu asked the exact same question over on Patreon. So with Jeff being part of the fuckface podcast, I want to hear from the crew what have been some times that you guys have fucked faced yourself. If you don't have context for that, ask Jeff for an explanation on what a fuckface moment is if you're confused. Can you explain to the people out there, the yeah. kids out there, what 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 is this podcast all about? And how do you sell ads on it? <laughs> uh, well, it's you know that's that's it's it all rolls into uh, what the podcast is, right? So I wanted to initially make a podcast about Andrew, our Canadian friend, because he's just a fucking weirdo, and he's unlike any other human I've ever spoken to. And he and Gavin and I have this really weird friendship. Uh, and I wanted to just call it Andrew and each week it would be a deep dive into what's going on in his mind. And as we started to plan that out and it kind of naturally evolved into, into what became the fuck face podcast. And I guess that the etymology behind that is, I'm sure you all remember in, in the eighties, I believe it was 1989, uh, on a tops baseball card, Billy Ripken, the younger brother of Cal Ripken, uh, world famous baseball player. Uh, he had a baseball bat 
that had fuckface written on it and mm. they printed it and it was became when i was a kid it was the most sought after baseball card in the world it was called the fuckface card uh and then they caught it immediately uh, or pretty quickly and they they whited it out and then so most of them don't have fuckface on them but some of them do andrew and i were talking about that baseball card uh we decided to buy boxes and try to collect that card and in that process it kind of got us thinking about sports and collecting and working on a podcast together and then i so i was reading about the the history of that fuckface uh baseball baseball card and how it happened and the story bill ripkin always told was that he just picked up a bat and took the photo and that somebody had pranked him. What he admitted like 30 years later is he wrote it on the bat himself because he thought it was funny. And then he didn't think about it when he picked up the bat. And so what he essentially did was fuck faced himself. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, Kevin's got the picture. And that, right in that moment, it. in that moment, it kind of became uh, a phrase to crystallize kind of how I have lived most of my life, mm-hmm. which is shooting yourself in the foot for a laugh, doing mm-hmm. something that's going to make you laugh, but you know the the ramifications are going to be far worse than the joy you derive from the from the funny moment. But mm-hmm. you have to do it anyway because you have an unhealthy relationship with with comedy, right? Uh, and so we 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 started to refer to that as fuck facing. So you like you do something incredibly stupid, like name a podcast fuck face, mm-hmm. and then try to sell it mm-hmm. to advertisers. <laughs> shot, shot myself in the foot for, with the name. Hilarious and. And so that's the, that's the, I guess the thesis of the podcast is it's basically just like a general what's going on in our lives comedy podcast where we prank each other, we dare each other, we, we fight, we place bets and, uh, we just, we talk a lot about sports and, uh, fruit. We're on a big fruit kick. Do you guys know they're still inventing fruit? Do you guys know that there's a new apple dropping November 8th called the Cosmic Crisp? I'm not aware like of the Cosmic, Cosmic Crisp apple. Crisp. It didn't I don't exist. Like it. We just, there's a new apple in 2021 dropping on the market. Stuff like I can, that. That's I can't wait for you to, I can't wait for you to come on to our definitive uh, apple podcast. Cause we had one last year. Uh, Did you? And we love talking about the different variants of apples. Yeah. And berries and all sorts of uh, vegetables well, dude, and things like that. We talked today. We're we're gonna we're gonna institute an official Apple ranking uh, system. So maybe wow. we'll uh, maybe I'll incorporate oh, you guys. I, into yeah, this. I feel like we'd really right? like to be a part of that. Apple yeah. Dome. Yeah, absolutely. The, the golden the, the, one did really well on ours. Uh, I, I will say that Fuji is climbing up the ranks. I will say Fuji Ooh. is climbing up the ranks for longevity. Holy shit! I had an Apple on this chair sitting next to me in a little one of those little uh, bags that you get at the uh, grocery thing. That fucking apple has been sitting here for, I don't know, maybe two weeks by now. I was like, fuck, I forgot this apple. It's going to be all shitty. It was not. It was perfect. Dude. <laughs> you, I ate it this morning. Let me tell you about a little thing called the Cosmic Crisp. And I'm not paid by the Washington Apple Commission, which yes. is a thing way i've discovered uh i'm just an enthusiast i'm just excited i haven't had a, a cosmic crisp apple yet i'm waiting for them to drop november 8th but this apple purportedly lasts up to a year what a the year. Fuck? wow the technology that, yeah. that can't be yeah. healthy only one year is what they say here i'm gonna put it in your general boom that's their website anyway that that cannot so, uh, be healthy yeah we gotta have like morgan sperling do another super size me doc or something like that that's crazy <laughs> It's uh yeah so that's fuck face. It's just uh just like doing dumb shit that's that that you uh have to pay for later. That's not worth the the joke in the moment. That and, sounds uh, yeah. like my entire existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like I do that to myself a lot more than I even know I do that to myself. 
But that's why I have Tim here, ladies and gentlemen, because he recognizes all those moments. And sometimes he'll slack me and be like, Nick, that was Don't genius. You're funny. Keep going. <laughs> yep, no, keep going. That's what I say. Every to single time. Jeff, how much Jeff? longer do we have before? Do you have to take off? I probably got to go. Yeah. Okay. Not I just want to let you know the last thing I want to say to you there is uh, the other podcast, Annual Pass. You were living my dream life of being able to just go around to a bunch of amusement parks and talk about them. That is very cool. I'm very envious of you and Jack. Congratulations. You did it. Thanks, please, man. In, Thanks. please invite Tim. I'll do, go uh, anyway. you, you can ride on all the all the jostly ones because i i have almost thrown up on quite a few now i'm, I'm, I'm learning <laughs> i'm learning that in my old age i'm not a i'm not a roller coaster guy anymore so. <laughs> it's really late to find out <laughs> yeah what a great show I for you to, to be, be on <laughs> i used to be the but the body changes over time apparently uh, unfortunately it does unfortunately gets more frail at least that's the yeah. case in my case uh jeff it's been awesome having you back on the show. Hopefully, we won't wait another two years to have you back on. In fact, you know, you have a standing invite to be on any of our content. We love you very much. Great catching I up. I love you guys, too. Uh, enjoy the Celtics game tonight. Hopefully, they win their first one. Uh, and the reunion. And, and the reunion. And the reunion. And survivors wow. tonight, too. Big night. The biggest of them all. Big night. Yeah. Uh, of course, of, ladies and gentlemen. Of- uh, that has been your podcast for this week, this kind of funny podcast. If you're a Patreon supporter, uh, you're going to go into our post show right now. But if you if you don't, hey, make sure you follow Jeff on all social media platforms and make sure you watch all of these amazing. No, he's not on it anymore. You don't, it, sure you, you, you don't have to do that. That's fine. Make sure you watch all these amazing uh, housewife shows as well so that you, if you ever meet Jeff in public, can just talk to him a lot about Bethany Frankel. Sorry. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or Doreen. Go, go, go follow uh, uh, Fuckface on Spotify and iTunes and all that. That's a much better thing to Apple music. do. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Good luck our... finding it. It's impossible to search for. <laughs> God bless you, Jeff. It's got a bunch <laughs> of asterisks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.